copy a closure that works, that, that is like you, that you, that you can emulate. Because if you can emulate the style, chances are you can sell like them. And if you can sell like them, they're having success. You can have success too. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. If you don't mind, just taking a quick second, introducing yourself and where you're from. Sure. So I'm George Diversiev. I am a closer on the 1CC team for Vitred and uh, born and raised in Chicago. Awesome. Awesome. From Chicago. Very cool. I'd love to know, George. So how, how did you, even prior to joining One Call Closers, how did you get involved in sales? Or was that kind of maybe your first sales gig? Uh, definitely not my first sales gig. Uh, been in sales now for almost 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So how did you start? Like what type of sales did you start with? So uh, I think I've always kind of had it in my system. Like I, would, I used to sell door to door when I was a kid. Uh, chocolates, that's stupid. But um, nice. I was selling computers in col during college to make some extra money. And then like IT kind of homemade geek squad stuff. And then, um, and then I got into consulting when I graduated from college. And then I started working part-time doing selling financial services. And that's when I really got the sales bug. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so cool. So I did that for for five years, and then I jumped into the uh, the payroll. I'm sorry, the tax business, tax resolution, where I help people with. I used to help people with tax problems, and I did that for like 18 years or something. And then just recently with One CC for the last year. How's that transition been going from from doing that now to it seems like maybe more of a remote position? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, I, I worked at a brick and mortar place, but at that point, you know, COVID had happened. So I had been remote already for like three years. Yep. So, um, and it was kind of, you know, high ticket-esque, mm -hmm. you know, like we were selling a low value um, entry level product that we could upsell to, you know, up to 20,000. Got it. Yeah. So very cool. It was, it was doing something similar and um, I just I had never done anything in fitness. Okay. Okay, cool. Reflecting on your journey, um, specifically, I guess, in this transition, do you feel like there was any challenges for you um, coming into more so like doing what you're doing now in the fitness space? Well, I mean, I think the high ticket world has its own little or own way of selling that is, um, you know, geared towards, you know, what works. So you have to learn with, with what works. So, um, you know, I think in the, when I, what I was doing previously was more really targeted um, client profile or prospect profile. Yep. So they had a, a really urgent need and made the sale sometimes a little bit easier. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And so I'd love to know like how your experience has been like with the one call closers team. If you can speak to a little bit about maybe the culture in the company, the support you have, the environment, anything like that, that may be beneficial for people watching. Yeah, for sure. So uh, a couple different things. I mean, uh, one of the things that stuck out right away was um, just the proficiency with the marketing. 
to fill up the calendars. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never been in an organization like that before. Um, so that was very, very impressive. And then, you know, being able to make the, the use of the, you know, of your time and having a structure and training in place so that, you know, you could ease into it. If you wanted to, you could go jump into the deep end. The nice thing is that Technology implementation is, you know, bar none, one of the best I've ever seen. Antonio is amazing. You know, from the perspective of like being able to access other closers, uh, successful sales and for us to review and finding a, st a style that resonates with you to, so that you could get better and mm. then the training and the support from the team. It, it's just um, been an unbelievable experience so far. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool to hear. Hey, I want to take a quick break and introduce you to the Closers Network. If you're not inside the Closers Network yet, you should join us. It's completely free. And five days a week, we're going to go live with hands-on sales coaching. So you can join our coaches live, get feedback to your most pressing questions, increase your monthly commissions, and also land better remote closing opportunities. We have everything you need inside the Closers Network to skyrocket your income. And it's completely free. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to join the 4,500 plus students that are inside right now, smashing deals, come mastermind with us. And all you got to do is just click the link down below. It's in the description for you and we can't wait to see inside um are there any specific you know talking about technology or any specific tools or um platforms that you particularly find effective in in the day-to-day -day sales activities i think the the tech stack that we use is pretty efficient already so you know what what i like best is that you know you've got your numbers front and center and um you know i'm a kind of a plecto nerd yeah I pay attention to the numbers and I like to see who's on top and who I'm gunning for or who's beating me and because I don't want to lose. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I, I constantly, constantly looking at Plecto, constantly looking at, you know, am I gaining ground? Am I losing ground? And, you know, that keeps me going. Healthy competition. 100%. I love that. I love that. Okay. Um, any, as far as like, you know, rejections in the sales process, right? A lot of people deal with it different ways. I'd love to hear from you and and have an understanding. Like when you do get hit with an objection, like what is the initial thought or feeling that you have? That is a very cool question. I think it's part of it is kind of uh, the evolution of a salesperson mm. to respond and to what their behavior is going to be. Initially, I was like, oh, no, an objection. Now, if you come to expect the objection, it's like, okay, well, they're going to say this at the end of the call. I'm going to be ready to, you know, rebut whatever they're going to say or, um, you know, reframe it to try to, to get them to, to, be, to be able to overcome that. Um, but you've got to, you know, Trish always talks about this, right? Trish is a great trainer on the 1CC team. And she always talks about, you know, you've got to come with the same energy level or higher energy level when you get the objection. Right. Because, you know, if, if you receive the the objection and then, you know, you're get dejected, even even though you, you feel like maybe you're not, but maybe your energy level drops, you know, the you're, the prospect's going to feel that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love what Trish says. I'm a big believer because the moment I feel like the prospect realizes you lack confidence, as soon as the objection comes out, they're like, man, this person is not really bought in. So why should I be? One hundred percent. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, Actually, if I may add, that's please. one of the reasons why I ended up doing the V-Shred program. Oh, you did the program? Yeah, I did. Since I joined uh, 1CC and was part of the V-Shred account, I was like, well, I want to be more congruent 
with what I'm telling people to do, right? To, mm. to work out, to be fit, eat healthier, et cetera. So I started doing that and I started making some healthier changes. I bought, initially I bought the, um, the do-it-yourself program. Okay. Just, just so that I could be familiar with the program. Cause a lot of people, that's their first, and you know, that's how they enter the V-Shred universe is through the do-it-yourself program. So they call in, they want help. Sometimes you could give them help and then redirect them into coaching. Yep. Right. Um, but I wanted to be familiar with that. Um, and then I quickly learned that I wasn't doing what, what my prospects weren't doing. Like I wasn't following the do it yourself program cause it was do it yourself. So I'm like, okay. Um, my wife's like, my wife said, I'm doing the coaching and I'm like, well, I'll just do it with you. So we, we both ended up doing it. I lost uh, about 16 pounds and about four inches off my waist. Wow. Yeah. I'm wearing clothes that I That's haven't worn since I was in my thirties. Wow. And how do you feel like that? result has impacted your sales oh i mean i don't believe in trying to like you know do the uh, the hair club for men clothes you know where you're like i'm not only the president but i'm also a client kind of clothes because i think it's cheesy but you know giving me a, a degree of confidence in the program and what we're selling and um just you know belief in having a structured system that the that a prospect can use to get the results that they want. So I have like maximum massive belief in VShred and in the program. Um, and then at the same time, you know, when they do buy, I can say, hey, look, you know, congratulations. I, I tell them a little bit about my story and I wish them, you know, the sim a similar type of transformation. And I feel like that has kind of erased like 90% of my refunds. Wow, 90% of your refunds. Yeah, I hardly get any refunds anymore. Wow. That's incredible. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Okay. Reflecting back on this journey, do you feel like there was maybe any like ways you could have better accelerated yourself? It seemed like you did a lot of cool things, but do you feel like there were maybe any mistakes you made along the way or anything you could have done to even accelerate other than what you just shared with me to get yourself even further? Yeah. It took me a while to figure out the, to get my, my mojo. Right. Mm. So at the, um, we had, once you see had it, um, a quarterly conference and, uh, I ended up being like the most improved sales rep. Wow. I got, I got that, that, um, award. Um, so it took a while, but then after that, it was kind of off to the races and I, I kicked myself because, you know, things are totally different now. Mm. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. able to capture as much of the opportunity that was available to me at that point. Yeah. And you feel like a lot of it was just maybe in the beginning, like just sets and reps, putting in the time, taking the calls, getting the feedback from maybe team leads and other people around you. That, that for sure. That's a big piece of it. I think that, you know, once you get the reps and once you figure out a, a, a selling style that works for you, then um, you can really, you know, go to town with it. I mean, you know, if your schedule was full, you could really, you know, close four or five, six deals in a day, if, you know, if things are going well. For sure. What's something that really inspires you today to look in the future? I, I tell people this on, on, on our call when I talk about just fitness and health in general, but, you know, doing the program, getting healthier, getting fit and establishing routines around fitness and, and nutrition has given me like perspective around being excited about those areas in my life, thinking about, okay, I'm not going to be like my 85 year old, you know, uncle who yeah. is sitting on the couch all day watching TV. I mean, I'm going to be out there doing stuff, you know, chasing around my grandkids and stuff like that, as opposed to just, you know, waiting to die. That's incredible, man. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an interesting perspective. Um, 
Do you feel like you have more control over your time now doing what you do versus maybe going back to a, a brick and mortar type of gig? That's an interesting question. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a seasonality to, or there's a season for different things in your life. Right. Mm. So, um, some people are like, well, I want to, you know, I want to have location freedom, time freedom. And that's why they join, you know, the remote closing world, right. The high ticket world. And then there's a season for, you know, like, you know, maybe spending more time with your kids or, you know, having flexibility in your schedule to take care of an ill parent or whatever the situation might be. Absolutely. Um, But there's also a season for taking advantage of an opportunity, right? So like in in fitness, I mean, January is going to be, January and February is supposed to be like the crazy time. And, you know, I'm probably not going to have a lot of, a lot of time freedom in January and February. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because you also know, Hey, once that slows down, let's just say, and, and the new year's hype dies down, you're going to kind of have maybe back to a, a normal schedule where then you can essentially have more control if, if, if pivoting or transitioning different times and being able to control your schedule in if that I sense. Want it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you want it. Yeah. And I, it, that's the beauty of it is like you get to control when you open your calendar, when you don't, and you want to take advantages of stuff like new year, because you know, you're going to have a big bang and start off with, with a, with a nice start. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. That being said, I would love to know from you and and to share with our audience, like what advice would you give anyone that's looking to enter the high ticket space? So there's so much advice out there. So it's really hard to tell uh, how to tell what's what from what, right? Yeah. So um, the most important thing I would say is get your reps in and figure out if you are suited for uh, performance-based kind of position, mm-hmm. right? Because that at the end of the day, that's what this is, right? If you cannot close, you know, you're not going to last very long doing this. And so, you know, that comes with, you know, it comes from mindset, comes from skills, comes from, you know, proper uh, match with what you can do in the offer, right? Yes. Like there can be like, for example, I cannot go out there and sell a crazy crypto offer. That's just not, I wouldn't do it. It's not in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, I, I could probably do it, but I wouldn't, I don't think I would feel comfortable doing it. I'm right. Like, okay, here, if it, I'm going to, you know, the program is $25,000 for you to gamble away your money on crypto. That that might be a belief thing, but. Right. Speaking of, you know, skills, absolutely. I 1000% agree. A, a lot of what we do in sales is mindset, right? But talking about skill sets, are there any that stand out to you of skill sets? Like for me, you know, like listening, right, is a big one. For sure. Um, are there anything, any other skill sets you feel like are important? Maybe one or two that that you're thinking of or can think of that would help benefit someone looking to enter the space. There's an opportunity to learn from every interaction with a person, mm. and um, you know you're always selling, whether you know it or, or you don't. And if you don't know it, you're probably being sold. Right. 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 So when your when your wife says, you know. Are you hungry? That means she wants to eat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but if you don't know that, you're in trouble. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, I guess that's part of listening to, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, 1000%. Closers Network in school. Yes. Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts are on it and why maybe you believe it's a, uh, a beneficial um, I don't want to call it a coaching program, but we do life coaching five days a week. So it's, it's sort of coaching and there's a lot of lessons and knowledge in there. But I would love if you can share with the audience for anyone that is maybe interested in joining it, 
um, what do you feel like would be very beneficial for them or what, what would they take away coming into the school network? Um, there are a number of different um, communities on school, right? One mm -hmm. CCs has a really big one and um, very valuable in my opinion. Like before I jumped, before I, uh, or as I was preparing for the podcast, I should say, um, I reached out to like 15 or 18 members on school saying, Hey, what's up? You know, I'm going to be on the one CC podcast. And what do you, what do you want to hear about? Right. And I got like eight responses with three reasons each or, or six responses. I got 18, 18 topics that people want to look at. So just that by itself. Okay. I'm a nobody on there. I mean, you know, I've, I've posted some wins and stuff, but nothing crazy. And, um, the community is so engaged that I was able to get, you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but it's like 33, 33% response wow. on some quick, you know, DMS. So it just gives you an idea of the quality of the community. People want information. They want, you know, you can interact, you can, you have an opportunity to talk to other closers. And if they want, if they're willing to spend time with you above and beyond what you're, what's available to you act, you know, passively through participating in the, in the coaching, um, you can really build a little network there. Yeah, for sure. I know this is, you know, I, I know you probably don't have the questions, but do you remember any one or two or a few of those questions that really stuck out to you that people asked you uh, to talk about on the podcast today? Yeah. So a lot of them were just really basic questions, which were surprising. Like, how can I close better? How do I deal with objections better? And that stuff's all, all on school, right? So mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think is really important as you develop selling skills is that, you know, th there's some seasonality again, I'm using that word again, but there's some, there's a, there's a, an appropriate time where you can learn how to like, you can, you can learn objection handling at a very basic level. You get your reps in and then you start to understand as you practice that, okay, there's another layer to this that I didn't understand that I go mm. back to see the training. And now Trisha's training means something totally different to me than it meant three months ago when I was like, oh, what's objection handling generically? Now, what's the spousal objection when they say X, Y, Z, and they told me this other piece of, you know, information or ammo you can use to reframe that? Gotcha. If you recall, the most amount of times or, or close to or, or just an approximate idea of how many times you've had to stay in the close before you get a deal, or do you know what your average is? Or if not the average, I'd love to know, like, is there a time where you stayed in the close like 10 times before you got the close? That's a great question. Uh, don't know the answer off the top of my head. Ian always teaches us to like, you know, if they're not saying no, don't get off the call. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, at the same time, sometimes they're saying they're giving you all the, all the, all this, you know, they're, they're not saying no, but maybe there's a, a situation where they're not going to buy today. And maybe that's, some, you know, some closer instinct for just being, for doing it for a long time to knowing when to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bagging on this call and going to the next one. Cause that's the nice thing about V-Shred is, you know, you can always go, you, there's always the next one to go to. Yeah. Yep. Do you feel like there's a point in that close where maybe it starts becoming like, okay, 
this person's not just like staying on the call with me, but at this point, like now they're kind of looking to get off the call. Is that kind of like maybe when you back off a little bit, everyone's style is different, right? For like sure. I'll stay in the close until I get it. And as many times, as long as they're not willing to get off the phone, right, right, right. right? But once I start feeling like I'm applying pressure, cause I'm not trying to come from a place of pressure. Right. I'm really trying to come from a place of giving them the inspiration that they need to do this more so putting a life coach cap on right. and inspiring them because of everything they shared with me like your time is now and there's never going to be a best time For right sure. yep. so that that's how i look at it and that's how um basically my style is so everyone's a little bit different but i guess i was just trying to figure out more so for you is do you kind of see that kind of happening the same way it's like if you feel like the person's getting pressured now it's maybe your time to back off or what what's your style like a little bit yeah i mean i, I certainly don't want to pressure them at all. Um, I want them to come to the conclusion that, you know, the, it, it's the appropriate thing to do the appropriate time and that they have the, the resources. Right. I mean, that's often the condition is that it's like, okay, I want to do this. We get them to the financing. They're like, they don't qualify. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's always, uh, you know, painful because you've spent the time to get them to, to the point where they want to say yes. And then, you know, we're contingent on, on a, on a condition that they can't control you know, cause it's based on previous action. Yeah. Do you feel like financing has impacted, um, sales for you uh, by being able to offer some sort of financing? 100%, but it also makes you a weak seller. Mm. Tell me about that. Yeah. Because if, you know, if, if the financing is default, then you always go for it. Cause it's easier, right. Rather than going for the PIF and, and building the value for them to, to put out the credit card. Cause when they pay with the credit card, they really feel like they're putting a lot more value. Yeah. The decision is really, you know, up, up front. Instead right. of breaking it up into monthly payments where it doesn't feel right. as, as, as heavy for them. Yeah. I, I truly do believe, you know, if, if you pay, you pay attention more, right? So if anyone that is willing to spend three or $5,000, I, I do feel, and, and just from experience have seen like that person take what they do a lot more seriously than as to someone of, of just getting into it to get into it in the sake of having, you know, lower payments or an easier barrier to entry even though they can afford the program. Right. And I've seen the people that just cough up the money up front and they're like showing up to the calls. They're doing the work. They're, they're disciplined. They're, they're staying motivated, like all of that stuff. So yeah, I just, I just find it interesting. And, and I'm glad you share that because I, I've definitely seen that for sure. Cool. Um, is there any like wisdom, any, anything you feel like you want to share with the audience that we haven't talked about yet? You know, it's funny when I, when I got started and I started having, started having a little bit of success, I would, people would reach out to me on Slack and be like, Hey, you know, I'm new. Can you help me out? And I'm like, dude, I'm only 45 days in. I'm new too. <laughs> I barely know how to use Slack. So, um, but I, after I was asked that question three, four or five times, I was like, okay, I'm going to put together like a little little set of, you know, uh, advice for, for new people. So what I tell them is this, if you're going to uh, focus on getting one deal a day, okay. When you're starting off one deal a day, will keep you in the game, mm. you know, and will allow you to, um, you know, will allow you to stick around so that you can get better either by increasing your deal value or by closing more deals. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the first thing. If, uh, find out, find a closing, a strategy or system that resonates with you, you know, copy a closure that works, that, that is like you, that you, that you can emulate because if you can emulate the style, chances are you can sell like them. And if you can sell like them, they're having success. You can have success too. 
right? 100%. There are some some personality driven salespeople that I can never sell like them, ever. Right? I'm never going to call the prospect Beyonce. <laughs> okay. Keith Olden. <laughs> we love you, Big Keith. <laughs> um, yes, Golden Holden. Golden Holden. Um, the other thing is this: uh, if you're going to make changes, or no, one, before you make changes, get your pitch down, systematize it, and make sure it's the same all the time, mm. right? Because if it's not, and you're all over the place, any changes you make, you won't be able to track. And if you can't track your changes, you can't get better. What do you tell someone? That says, George, but it feels boring to do the same thing over and over again. I want to try something different. I want to be able to have a different way of approaching this because I just sometimes get bored of doing the same thing. Endure the monotony. Endure the monotony. I like that. Yes. I like that. You have to. I mean, because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be all over the place. And if you're all over the place, you, there's, it's impossible to diagnose. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, if there's 10 different things wrong with your car and you fix one, there's still nine things wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I'm guilty of this. I'm talking transparently because I've struggled with that For in the sure. sales process where it's like, man, I, I, yeah, I'm closing. I'm doing great. I'm making some awesome money. But like, it just comes like, it feels boring to me. I like change. A lot of people don't enjoy change, sure. right? I enjoy the heck. I've moved five times in five years. People think <laughs> I'm crazy, right? You're crazy. But yeah, I, I love the change. I love new stuff. I, you know, for, for me, that that's how I am. So it's been a struggle for me, but it, it's all about enduring it. You're right. And it's like, hey. In this one area. In this right? one area. You can, do, you can do all the change in every other area, yeah. right? But this one area, you know, if you've got something that's, you know, paying you 20000 a month, right? Why mess with it? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, unless you're changing to get to 22, 25, 30, whatever, fine. But if it's 20 and you're going to 15 because your changes and, and you don't even know what the changes are, that's the worst part. Right. Right. Totally. Totally. Well, with that being said, um, is there anything else you want to leave with the audience? You know what? Actually, I want to, I want to read something that I was just reading yesterday. I'd love that. Okay. Let's do it. Please. Because I am kind of a big reader. And um, people, you know, give me crap about, you know, reading is not acting. And it's true. It's not action. But you can get a lot of good stuff from reading. Mm -hmm. that, Different perspectives. Yeah. Bingo. That can actually help you sell. Yes. So that. Because one thought can change the trajectory of your thinking. 100%. So this is the one thing that just hit me like a ton of bricks because um, a lot of times people don't realize that. What we're doing is we are living in the business world. And so, and living in the business world is responsible for almost every convenience that, that we have in, in the U.S. and really in the modern world. So this is a, just a couple paragraphs out of this book called Big Business by Tyler Cohen. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read it to you and Forgive me if it's, if it's a little winded, but business quite simply has become underrated. And thus I'm writing a contrarian book that ought not to be contrarian at all. All the criticisms one might mount against the corporate form, some of, some of which are valid, pale in contrast to two straightforward and indeed essential virtues. First, business makes the most of the stuff we enjoy and consume. Second, business is what gives us most of us our jobs. The two words that follow most immediately from the world of business are prosperity and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Without business, we would not have ships, trains, and cars, 
electricity, lighting, and heating equipment, most of our food supply, most of our life-saving pharmaceuticals, clothes for our children, our telephones and smartphones, the books we love to read, the ability to access more or less immediately so much of the world's online information. And let us not forget your paycheck. Meeting payroll, to invoke a now old-fashioned phrase, is nothing less than a heroic act. Someone or some group put in the hard work and thought up the innovations required to create a company from scratch. I know it's easy enough to take this for granted if you aren't the one who did it. And on Mm. top of that paycheck, jobs are among our biggest sources of pride and a significant way to meet friends and establish social networks. Damn. Damn, bro. You gave me some goosebumps right now. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm kind of lost for words. I think... If you have any thoughts you want to add on to that, but I think, you know, there's a lot there that. There's a lot to unpack. I mean, the the bottom line is this, right? With regard to, you know, commerce and and selling, Rich always talks about, you know, nothing happens until sale gets made, until a decision Mm. gets made, right? Same thing here. And we are, in in the high ticket world, we are active participants in that. And um, not too many people get to do that, right? Not, I mean, you know, we are responsible for creating the profits, and from the profits, people get paid, right? If there are no profits, there are no payments. 1,000%. If there are no profits, there are no payments. You heard it here, folks. So, George, thank you so much for jumping on. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for, for bringing your wisdom and coming out here from Chicago to make this happen. So we're really grateful, man. Thanks for everything you're doing for One Call Closers. And we're really excited to, to have you at the Christmas party on Saturday. My and pleasure. Just helping continue, you know, crushing it with the team. Thanks, man. Awesome.